Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Ahead of the World Cup, myself and Ruth are doing some specials, interviewing and speaking to some people who are going to be challengers for Wales as we move towards the World Cup. Um, at the, today, we are fortunate to be joined by the president, no less, of the Boston American Outlaws, Mr. Chris Reed. How are you doing, mate? Hello, Dave. Uh, very happy to be here and uh, doing well. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Obviously, we have got Ruth, as always. How are you doing, Ruth? You all right? Yeah, a bit early here for me to get all our respective time zones to work, but doing all right. We've made this work. This is an extra special podcast, in fact, today, because Ruth is podcasting on her birthday. So happy birthday, Ruth. What a way to spend your birthday. <laughs> so I'm trying to pretend that it's like it's 7.30 in the morning here, so I'm trying to pretend that like my birthday's going to start about 9 a.m., that makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so as as with um, everything else we've 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 aiming to go through with with the different people we're looking at um, some England fans um, an Iranian journalist we have and of course Chris with us today just going to go through a few questions kind of find out about them also find out what they think about us um, Chris can you give us like a bit of an overview on how the US qualified for Qatar absolutely um, so in Concacaf the the final round um, was eight teams were uh, taking place. Uh, the U.S. actually uh, finished in the third spot. Um, Canada and Mexico were ahead of us, and then Costa Rica uh, finished fourth and ultimately qualified through a, a intercontinental playoff. Um, the U.S. Um, on home soil were nearly perfect, um, but then as soon as we started um, played on um, across the border, uh, we we did not play um, as well. Um, I think our all three losses came um, out of the U.S. and um, multiple draws as well. So wasn't the strongest uh, qualifying campaign. Do you think that the like the Canadians are a, are a strong team, or and the Mexicans are a strong team, or, or do you do you think you maybe had like a I don't want to say a weaker uh, qualifying tournament, but is that is that fair? Um, I, I think the Canadian team is the strongest it's it's ever been. Um, all the stars are aligning for them, and and their um, their supporters are are certainly behind them as well. Um, I think Mexico. I want to say they're in a bit of a lull. Um, okay, their confidence levels aren't as high. We beat them in the the Gold Cup final. We beat them in the Nations League final. Um, I really think we're a better squad than them. Um, but Canada, U.S. head to head. I want to say is a coin flip. Yeah, that that's the that's the the, the top one. I, I remember that they beat you two 0 in in what looked like hilariously snowy conditions in one of the two games. Is that right? Yeah, that was um yeah quite brutal. It was in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Um, I I was there. Um, very very disappointing. The team just lacked any passion. Um, probably due to the frigid conditions. Um. <laughs> But it was just uh yeah, lackluster performance overall and the Canadian fans were they were not so kind. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um do do you think then looking uh, where you are, do you think the US are kind of in a in a good place uh, at the moment with your with your squad? Because I know you've got you know some I don't know a vast amount about the squad, but obviously you've got people like Pulisic and uh, and Rayner um, and McKinney who are obviously talented players. But are you in a good spot, or are you also in a bit of a lull like the Mexicans? No, I think we're in an absolutely yeah in a a positive spot. Um, 
leading up to this, obviously injuries are always a concern, but our our top uh, players are are healthy. They're they're performing well, and uh, they're they're playing. Uh, they're playing. Um, they're getting minutes as well. Um, maybe not Pulisic, but um, yeah, we're they're getting the minutes and they're getting the reps in. So I think it's gonna. I'm hoping that translates well uh, uh, in two weeks. Well, I I'm, I'm, I hope it translates less well myself. But there we go. Um, <laughs> uh, Ruth, is there anything you want to add or, or ask there? Yeah, I, ju- I just wanted to ask about your perception of the squad, Chris, because there's actually been, a, I mean, a reasonable level of controversy around some some of the emissions in particular, um, and I just wondered what your what your thoughts were. Yeah, um, it, I haven't dug too deep into it with um, the omission of. Uh, Zach Steffen, um, mm-hmm. former uh, the goalkeeper, um, yeah, former for uh, Man City. Um, I yeah, I thought that one was definitely uh, interesting. But um, for the last couple of years now, I'm uh, I've always thought Matt Turner, um, former New England Revolution player, now uh, Arsenal, has uh, would be our number one. So I'm I'm satisfied that he'll be uh, he'll have a standout tournament and uh, will be will be our starter for all three games um on the striker pool or the like, strikers i was surprised to see haji Wright um get the call up he's a uh he plays on antalya maybe in in turkey he hasn't really been with the u.s squad for for many many uh appearances um so i'm kind of nervous on our uh striker selection um we had some omissions of um, Jordan Pifak, who plays in Union Berlin, and I think he could have made a, a real difference in in the latter part of the game or later parts in the, of the game um, when we need a goal. And, but um, those are the two two big ones, I'd say. Uh, Stefan and and Jordan Pifak. Mm-hmm. I think you know, particularly when you look at how Union Berlin have, have played this season, that was what struck me that it seemed an odd odd omission um when you've got someone coming in as you said with Haji Wright who's who's had such little involvement with the with the squad and seems to be quite a predictable player if that makes sense yeah yeah that's all that's what I'm hearing as well um mm-hmm. yeah he he got called up in uh some June friendlies or the June Nations League match and it didn't seem like he was gelling with the team at all um granted he's the he's probably our third third striker if you will uh, number mm-hmm. nine yeah so probably won't see any minutes but um i don't know i think pfock would have been been a nice uh, late minute substitution mm-hmm. um chris out of interest um what do you think that, that from a u.s perspective you're worried about in our squad are there any, like, obviously you know we've got we know who we think our kind of standout players are but who who are the americans looking out for on our side gareth bill obviously he's um he can kind of score when he wants to. Uh, <laughs> so I, we, uh, a bunch of us watched the um, MLS Cup a few, I guess, a week ago now. Um, and yeah, just an amazing performance. I think he was on the pitch for, what, 13 minutes and he, he scored the equalizer to get his team to bring him home the trophy. So that was pretty impressive. Um, uh, obviously, um, we... We have got a lot of strong players. Uh, I, I think from our perspective, obviously, we, you know, like you mentioned, Bale there, but you know, the likes of Ramsey and and uh, Joe Allen and, and and Joe Rodden, and you know, I think we've got some depth kind of across the pitch. Um, 
we know who our best three players are. I think it's safe to say. Who do you think the the best three American players are? Um, I, number one for me, uh, Tyler Adams. I think when he's on the the field, he's he's just an absolute general. Um, he covers just he's there when we need him, um, just in every opportunity. And um, I think the players really look up to him for leadership, and that's that's key right now with such a young squad. So Adams uh, has to be my number one. Um, I'm gonna go with Weston McKinney as well. Um, I think he just he brings a type of tenacity um, and fearlessness uh, that that the U.S. team doesn't really have right now. We we don't have that that edge, um, but when McKinney's on the the field, definitely uh, brings it. Um, I wish I was higher on Pulisic right now. It's been tough that he hasn't been getting a getting many minutes, and I just feel like his confidence isn't isn't there. Um, so my, my third will probably be uh, keeper Matt Turner. Um, I'm a bit of a homer um, <laughs> as he's a former New England Revolution player. I think he's an excellent stock shotter. Uh, stock shotter. <laughs> I think you are still drunk, Chris. Excellent stuff. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm mate, sorry. this is very entertaining. We should, we, should explain, we should explain that Chris is fitting this in while he's at a, wait, a, week, <clears throat> a weekend wedding. Um, so, you know, his priorities are elsewhere, but right at the minute. <laughs> um, Chris, can you tell us a bit more about Tyler Adams? Because I think he's probably someone who Wales fans don't know a great deal about. Tyler Adams. All right, so... He's a, a New York native. He came up through the, the Red Bull Academy. Um, I actually saw him play. Um, so back in the day, I, I used to keep a, a close eye on the lower division of the U.S. soccer pyramid, um, which is not a glorious pyramid, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, so on a Wednesday night, I made a trip out with one of my buddies to, uh, it was like a, about a four-hour drive to a third round um, U.S. Open Cup match um, with the New York Red Bull under-23 team uh, versus just a, a local team, let's say like a Division Five uh, or League Five team. Um, and I, I, saw, I saw one of his uh, first professional matches, if you will. Um, at the time, I didn't know he was a highly rated um, U.S. Um, prospect, but um, which is pretty interesting. So... Over um, the next couple of years, he he turned into and developed a wonderful wonderful player from from Red Bull. He uh, made his way over to uh, Salzburg in Austria, uh, and then from there he went to Red Bull Leipzig um, in the Bundesliga. And now he's uh he's he's doing quite well over in Leeds in the in the um, EPL. So he's had quite a quite a career so far. I want to say he's twenty three years old only. Um, so. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a good one for quite a, quite many years uh, for our team. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, is he is he oh. an orchestra is he an orchestrator for you from midfield then, um, Chris? Is that is that how he's applied? Um, he's more just of a, a defensive like defensive uh, number six. Um, he gives true true mm -hmm. support um, to our back line, and yeah, he'll he'll be the first to to the first pass out of the back um, to get things going. Do you think he's going to be a kind of a key part of the squad in terms of how far you go in the tournament? 
yeah, I mean, if, if he's if he's um, where he needs to be defensively, I think he's. Um, I think the team will will get the results that we need. Out of interest, how far do you think the U.S. might go in the tournament? Do you think you'll get out of the group? I mean, I want to be optimistic. I really do. Um, I'm sure you're. You want to be just as optimistic on your side. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's going to be tough. I really. Yeah. I I, I think we're going to not be able i don't think we're going to be able to manage a win to be honest um that we're going to get a tie against wales tie against england and i just have a bad bad feeling iran's gonna gonna beat us well i mean i I mean i I don't i don't want to speak for for all wales fans but that is absolutely terrific news i would say uh (laughs) is there anything else you want to ask around that ruth um I was just like, what is it about the current state of play then that makes you so pessimistic, Chris? Is it the youth of the of the squad? What what is it that that has your confidence quite so low? Um, just the so our, we had we had two friendlies in in September. Um, we played Japan and Saudi Arabia. Um, we looked like absolute trash uh, for both of those matches. Um, granted, they were friendlies, um, and granted, they weren't. Um, they were just like in a random stadium in in, in Europe, um, so it wasn't in front of any any large crowds or to to really motivate the both teams. Um, but yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. They didn't have the the passion, and they weren't really like in where they should have should be. Um. If, you know, obviously Wales are going to win the tournament, but on the off chance uh, that Wales and the USA don't win the tournament, Chris, who do you think is the... Ooh, Shira the dog is excited about that. Um, who do you think is the standout team elsewhere in the in the tournament? Um, I think Brazil's going to do it. I, uh, Brazil's my top pick. Okay, fair. Well, I I would be relatively happy with that if Wales didn't win on the basis that A wouldn't be England and uh, uh, Newcastle have a have a player on the Brazil squad in Bruno Guimaraes. So I would be more than happy uh, with that particular outcome. Um, Chris, the 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 big one I think from a for a Wales perspective is obviously that opening game. Do you think a lot of US fans kind of share that? pessimism pessimism if you like about that opening game and, and and how do you think obviously you've said it'll draw but do you think you know are you the sort of team who might try and kind of dominate the game are you what do you think you'll kind of might sit in a bit more and, and see what we bring on to you of you know what, what how do you think that one's going to play out yeah it's a it's the million dollar question right i mean i don't i don't um i think we'll we'll actually go trying to look for an early goal um We've in tournament play in the past, like Gold Cup, we on the knockout stage. That was our um, our strategy. Um, so I, I can see that. Uh, yeah, that, that's how we'll move forward for the Wales match. So kind of be on the front foot early and and try and kind of dominate the game a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think from a Wales side, I think we think it's going to be quite a challenging match. I think is the best way to say. It. I I think from what we've talked about and looked at i think we see the us as quite a kind of athletic physical side um 
and you've got that little sprinkling of magic in in, in Pulisic. Uh, let's say if he's if he's kind of firing on all cylinders, I do th- I do wonder, and I'll, I'll ask you the same question. With I do wonder if perhaps that is the thing that is missing from the US side. Um, I don't know what you think about Ruth. Is that little sprinkling of of, of magic? And I, I I do wonder where the goals are going to come from uh, for, for you guys to a ex- certain certain extent. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, yeah, the we've we've shown like glimpses of like dominating p- possession, um, controlling the midfield, but then we d- yeah we don't have the the answer to s- score the goal when we need it. Um, I I want to I want to be confident and think Pulisic could uh, be just who, who would you be starting up front then, Chris? I mean, so I, I think Pulisic will be on the left. Um, Tim Weo should be on the right, um, and I think Josh Sargent will probably will probably start. Um, he plays for Norwich right now. Um, I think he's going to probably mm-hmm. start against Wales. Um, who do you say he stay, he plays for? Sorry, uh, Nor uh, Norwich. Uh, Norwich. <laughs> Stop it, Dave. No, on, honestly, I couldn't. Understand. At first, I thought you said Norway. I was just like, if he plays for Norway, how is, how is he going to play against us? Uh, anyway, what's sorry. The, what's the proper pronunciation? Uh, Norwich. But you, you, it's Norwich. But you're close enough, Chris. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, you know, that little American twang, mate. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't shake off. Um, Ruth, have, have, have you got anything else you want to, to to ask there? So, is that one of the key weaknesses you feel? then Chris that you'll be pressing and pressing but not actually making much happen yeah I think I I think you nailed it right there I, I think we'll we'll put we'll be able to have a lot of pressure on the ball um I think we can hold some possession but I just I just don't think in the in the attacking half we're gonna we can really make the magic happen um I've, I mean I've got to say this is joyous things to hear uh, from a Welsh perspective <laughs> uh, I think I think it's interesting I say that because I think our strongest side um the way we are is our solidity I think we're, we're we're a very strong team at the back when we need to especially in those sort of kind of one-off sort of games where you just need to kind of sit in I do worry uh, as a consequence of that though you know you're a bit blunt up front we are sometimes reliant on 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 you know, one man doing something special, um, and I do worry that with you know this is going to be a nil nil. It was, um, it was a couple of years ago that we had that game in COVID or around COVID times that was also yes. uh, a nil nil, uh, which was obviously the last time we played each other. Do you think that is a, a fair assessment of what might happen as well again? Yeah, it's very possible. Um, I do remember when I came on this podcast, I did make the prediction that the US was going to win two nil. Yeah. Um, so I just want to make it clear that perhaps my prediction now is just doing a little uh, voodoo magic, and <laughs> perhaps we'll uh, we'll see a result in the U.S. Okay. So so that's your prediction: two 0 to the U.S. No, no, no I'm, I'm sticking as I'm thinking zero uh, zero. Okay, you're sticking. You're going to reserve. Ruth. Do you want to? I know you hate making predictions, which is why I enjoy doing it every time. But um, <laughs> do, do, do you want to offer a prediction? Think, I think for the reasons that Chris Chris outlined, I, I think a draw is actually probably the most likely result because both teams are desperate not to lose this first game. Yeah, and then to take and take then to hope that they. I think I think our model, as it were, for the for the three games are very, very similar. You know, take a don't lose this one, 
hope to beat Iran and see what we can get out of the England game is probably the mindset of both sets of fans almost. I think I feel like not losing this is is so f- important to both teams that we might end up with a pretty dire draw, actually, ironically. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as, as someone is, who's going, I'm in two minds there because I would be happy with the point, I think. But mm-hmm. um, you know, if I'm spending all this money and traveling all this way to Qatar, it would be it would be great if someone would score a goal. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, there you go. It would be very it would be very Wales uh, for that to happen. Um, Chris, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, which is something that I am always super impressed by with you, which is the American Outlaws have like a huge kind of outreach program and and fundraising and 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 have done some amazing things for for grassroots football in the u.s um and i was just wondering if you kind of wanted to explain what you guys do because i think it's uh, fantastic absolutely um the ao impact foundation um is actually the ph- philanthropic arm of the american outlaws it was founded in 2020 and since we founded we've um i want to say we assisted with about 10 projects across the, the U S um, through different communities. Um, we, we partner with, um, local, uh, soccer based, um, nonprofits, um, and essentially raise funds and pass those over to the foundation. So we've helped build a, a mini soccer pitch in rural Anderson, South Carolina. We've helped, um, build a hard top soccer pitch in Omaha, Nebraska. We've teamed up with foundations in New York, Boston, Dallas, um, LA on the West Coast. So we've we've really tried to make an impact throughout all of our communities. Um, the American Outlaws have about 200 chapters um, throughout the US with about 30,000 members. Um, so it was really cool seeing all of our members come together, um, kitchen, a couple bucks here and there. And with those funds, we were able to give um, grants to these nonprofits. So I think we raised in 2021 um, close to $60,000. And then on um, this year, I want to say about 50 grand for, for local nonprofits across the U.S. Mate, I think that's absolutely incredible. It would be amazing. I think I know there are, you know, there's a selection of people who do different things in in, in and around Welsh football, and like Gold Cymru, for example, are, are a great group that uh, Lee uh, does a great job of running. But I, I I know that it's you know on a on a smaller scale, and that obviously part of that is geography. But um, I, I, it's amazing. I think the money that you raise and and the cause, the impact that it then has on grassroots football in America. It's not just you're doing good, you're doing good, which also benefits the wider football system as well, which I think is a, a really great way to do it and, and is really important as well. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic, mate, and I think everyone involved, yourself included, should be uh, very proud of uh, of what you've done there. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, and we're still we're still uh, just growing, so looking forward to. Yeah, take the next step in in twenty twenty three and and growing it. Uh, Ruth, is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to add there, Ruth? No, I mean, I, I I think it's a it's a very interesting model of of connecting. The, you know, just a very disparate geography, um, which which often causes problems over here. At you know, people can be quite regionalized, and I think it's great to see something that is 
you know, money money raised in Boston can be applied in Nebraska and vice versa. And I think it's a great way to stitch together um, a, a, a sort of soccer culture that's national, because that's that's one of the things that need that needs to grow over here. Is a is a um, the you know the clubs are starting to get into a more healthy frame. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, Chris. But I think I think the national team still still needs to have an impact sort of across across the country it, it, it you know it doesn't hang together the same way as it as it does in european and south american countries and part of that is just history and and development and i'm sure the time will come but i i think i think the outlaws have an interesting role in that of, knit, of knitting the, the the football communities together yeah absolutely um yeah when ao was founded in in 2007 the the main goal was to bring consistency um, for the national teams um, across the country. Um, so basically just having the same in-stadium experience um, in Dallas and then moving over to Florida. So just keeping it consistent and keeping a wonderful positive experience. And, and then that yeah, translated to the, to the founding of the foundation as well. I think yeah, it's it's great that this happens, and I think it's a it's a great idea that people are coming together. I think it boosts the football culture, like Ruth says, in a in a very different way, and I think that's uh, I think that's really really important. Um, is there anything else you wanted to to add, Ruth, in general? No, no, I just want to thank thank Chris for fitting <laughs> us in around his uh, around his drunken wedding wedding say, weekend. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think Emma's been very tolerant this morning. Yeah. Um, the the um, I I do I do think we're we're in for a kind of a shaky week basically. Both both sets of supporters. We're all obviously waiting to see how injuries do or don't fall out this weekend. And then and then my fear, as I was saying before, is I think I think both teams have got so much to lose by losing this first game that I, I'm not sure we're going to see a great kind of. World Cup opener, unfortunately. No, I agree with that. I think it's going to end up being one of those games. It's, I think I can see it being a nil-nil, and I can see that if if any team is going to win it, it's going to be a, a, a one-niler. I don't, I can't see anyone running away with this. But that said, we are famously bad at predictions on this podcast, so <laughs> uh, it, it, if that's the case, it'll be four-nil to someone. Um, there you go, Chris. Thank you very much. Please uh, go back to your wedding, go back to nursing your hangover, and uh, and uh, and thank you for sharing your time with us. Absolutely, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. And uh, yeah, best of luck on uh, on that Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best of luck to you too, mate. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be genuine when I say that. But... Both say so good your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure I'll, I'll look forward to speaking to you perhaps on Tuesday, but maybe my uh, my phone might lose connection depending on, on the outcome of that game. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you both uh, for your time, and uh, thank you very much Thanks, to everyone. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're obviously looking forward to the World Cup here at Coleman Had a Dream. We've got loads of different stuff that you can join us with. We've got ColemanHadadream.com where you can read all of our different articles on our special World Cup page. And equally, you can join us on the podcast. Obviously, we've got some YouTube stuff going out as well. So please do get involved. All of these things are supported by BagsyBags.com where you can use the code CHAD10 for 10% off at bagsybags.com where they have a selection of brilliant Welsh-related clothing. Thank you again uh, for listening and we will speak to you soon. Goodbye.